What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. Hi everybody, this is Two Guys Five Movies, and we are back with you this week with a new episode of The Quick Cage. Frank, which movie are we going to be covering this week? Uh, 2013's The Frozen Ground will be uh, this week's choice. And so, just so you know, this is the second episode that we've done The Quick Cage. Concept here is Frank is going to tell us the plot of this movie. Um, This is less ridiculous than last week? Yeah, it's a pretty straightforward movie, actually. So... Uh, Frank's going to walk us through the plot of this movie uh, and watch it so you don't have to, and is going to tell us um, his overall evaluation of it. So, go ahead. Um, so, it's a, I guess a, a docudrama thriller um, based on real life serial killer Robert Hansen. Um, Nick Cage plays a, a state police officer who's on the verge of retiring from the force. Who kind of gets roped into like investigating the murder of um, a prostitute uh, and finds that there was another prostitute that met this guy that like tried to kill her but she got away from him. Um, So it leads him to investigate like this series of unsolved murders that the police have been unwilling to kind of connect with each other Um, but he starts to connect them. Along with the aid of this young, like, 17-year-old prostitute that he rescued. Um, And it points to John Cusack's uh, Hanson character as being the killer. Um, They find more bodies that are scattered around, like, the Alaskan wilderness. Um, Unsuccessfully attempt to, like, get Cusack's character for a while. But then are able to kind of trip him up during an interrogation and get him to admit to the murders. And that's pretty much it. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, honestly. Um, kind of plotting at points. Like, it's slow a little bit. Um, none of the cage, like, histrionics that you're used to. Like, he's kind of incredibly subdued in it. And actually, maybe, like, the highlight of the movie is his performance. Um, followed by Kuzak, who does a really good job. Um, there's some ridiculous, like subplot of the i don't know sex slavery trade in alaska with like i fucking can't remember there there's this actor that plays the like the heavy well he's like the henchman of the heavy um who's like trying to keep these prostitutes from i guess like escaping their life of prostitution um that you've seen in like a bunch of stuff i can't remember the actor's name um all in all, it's a pretty, yeah, I don't know, it's just good, like, it's, it's weird, because after watching Knowing, like, I figured that it would be him, like, you know, because, so to do, like, a little, like, future quick cage, like, in, or, I guess, pass, in The Wicker Man, he's all, like, wild emotions, and crazy right. eyes, and, and we've discussed The Wicker Man before, <coughs> on, yeah. uh, the, top five worst horror remakes right. episode from last summer and 
So I just want to quickly ask, what do you think the difference is? Like in terms of why is he good in this and why do you think he goes so overboard in these other some of these other movies? I don't know. It's a strange like there's I don't know that I have enough enough cage knowledge yet to like really answer that you question. You don't have the data? Yeah. I need to watch more because like you watch other stuff that's like next I think is just a couple years before this, which is ridiculous, and he's I don't know, almost like kind of playing his character from um Wild at Heart a little bit, but like older in that movie. And in this one I can't even think of like an analogy to it in terms of like his performance. Like it really is just like a legitimate, like straight, like dramatic performance, you know? So he seems like a human being in this, which is weird. Right. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Can you explain then, like uh, having not watched this, like is he believable? Like, yeah. like last week when we were talking about like him being an astrophysics professor and just the idea of Nick Cage being an astrophysics professor just felt wrong right on the surface. Like, does he feel in this movie like he's that he's believable in the role? Sure. I mean, he feels like it's got the, I don't know, the lethal weapon trope of like, why'd this have to happen on my last day type thing? You know, like that mm-hmm. was just, just just getting ready to retire mm-hmm. thing and like there's some domestic um issues with his wife who wants him just to leave the case and because she's like quit her job and they're gonna move i think to like arizona or something to get away from like his life as a you know a, a detective but he feels like a detective i don't know like they're i mean it's like if if you've seen any movie where someone's trying to track like a criminal and they have like the friggin' map with the little pinpoints and the pictures and like the Charlie Day meme. <coughs> yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Who is like. Peppy Sylvia. Now I guess it's either, I mean, you know, they're trying to find this dude or connect it because again, like his, um, what's his name? The guy, <coughs> you and I have talked about him a bunch. Um, fuck. I can't remember the character's name. He plays, um, the heavy and, uh, no holds barred um and like every other movie he's ever been in brell is the character's name in no holds barred i can't remember the actor's name though like the the guy that we've been talking about the past couple weeks yeah the one that has like the receding has had a receding hairline since, since 1984 yeah he's in running man he's the yeah. tv executive uh, in that and yeah yeah i can't remember his name and then so most recently he was uh what the 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 coroner on psych for years right. um woody yeah so he's the da in this movie mm-hmm um and plays this like you know this guy that he refuses to link these cases together and refuses to like like go after john cusack because he's an upstanding member of the community and like all this stupid stuff and you know plays kurt fuller is his name um kind of like i'm not going to tell you the name i was thinking because it's not at all kurt fuller but um what's the name Richard Tool. <laughs> I don't know why that came to mind. Maybe he plays a character named that. Um, sure. <laughs> but it's like, it's that those are the parts of the movie that are like unbelievable. You know, that like this 
because he's almost like I don't know. Is he like too villainous? Yeah, it almost feels like he's like complicit in it, but yeah. really he just doesn't want the bad press of like right. going after somebody and not Which having. Which is weird it. because that like might be that's that's a pretty realistic thing I think, but like gen- generally of like protecting like you know wealthy or well established yeah. citizens. So that's weird. It's only that... because, it's also because they don't want to admit there's a serial killer. I mean, this is like it's set set in the early eighties, maybe. Hmm. Which is weird because it didn't feel like it at first. Like I didn't realize it was set in the early '80s until about halfway through, and I was like, "Oh shit, this movie's taking place in like sometime like far in the past." Like hmm. I just thought it was. What gave it away? Do you remember? The telephones, I think, is what clued me in. Hmm. Like I realized that nobody was using a cell phone at a certain point, and they were just like actually using telephones and. They were using, like, archaic technology to track where this guy was. And I was like, man, these bumpkins in Alaska, like, why don't they have, like, real technology? But then then I realized. Yeah. Because the cars are all, I don't know, like, they're all, because it's snowy, they're all, like, SUVs and stuff. So that always looks the same. Like, you can't, I don't know, you right. can't ever tell from that, and especially in those movies. Um, does, does Let me ask you this. Does Nick Cage feel like he fits in Alaska? Yeah, because he's very somber in this movie. Yeah? I mean, he's dealing with, like... You're telling me the plot of this movie, and I just can't imagine Nick Cage, like, right, actually, I, like, not being over the top in some of this stuff. Look, this was one of those just random ones that I clicked on. I didn't read the description. I was just yeah. like, I'll watch it. But right. I was really surprised. I mean, him and Kuzak are both really, really good in it. Kuzak's good in it, huh? Yeah, Kuzak plays a really good serial killer. Like, he's... Hmm. There's this scene where... So... The opening is that this girl, Vanessa Hudgens plays her, has gotten away from this killer who had, like, bound her and raped her. And it told her he was going to kill her, but she escaped. So she goes to the police, and the police don't believe her because she's a prostitute. And they're like, well, maybe you were just kind of asking for it. Like, isn't that what you went there for in the first place? That kind of thing. So midway through the movie, once they've kind of introduced him, and you, you know as the viewer that he's the killer, <clears throat> or you at least like have like enough evidence to suspect it is true. He is in the club that she's now working in, like stalking to find like another woman to kidnap. And she recognizes him. And like, he does this amazing like performance thing, like technique where he's very like narrow eyed and predatory looking. And he sees her and like, has this like shock and then fear and then anger. And it's, it's actually pretty good. And, like, attempts to kind of, like, get away so she can't, like, identify him, I guess. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's, they're, they're good performances. Um, the end where Cage is kind of, where he's being interrogated and Cage gets him to slip up and admit. Uh, the, he, they use this, um, there was this bracelet that one of the women had on her that was buried. Or that he kept as a souvenir. Um, or no, that he left left at the site I, I can't remember how it goes exactly but it turned out that she had a twin sister that was trying to find her so they have like the same bracelet that the twin sister had and they put it down there like well we recovered this and he starts screaming like they were all fucking whores and like they got what they deserved and, right. and like i don't know it's that it's, scene, yeah. it's pretty well done right you know it, it's it's a good interrogation scene it's a little weak that it kind of ends on that like you don't really like i don't like we talked about this last week with affliction, like that you have this powerful buildup and then there's all this, like you just get a coda, like all those, all these things happened 
after this movie ended, this is what you're supposed to know happened. And it's just like, eh. Right. Like, I, I would have taken another 15 minutes of this movie. And they, seriously, there's a lot of time in this movie they could take out. Yeah. I remember um, Wesley used to um, call those uh, uh, take a shit endings. Where it's like the, uh, he, I think it was Michael Crichton he right. always used Michael to criticize. Crichton. And it was like, you know, uh, at some point, it's like he just got to the end. And it was like, I have to go take a shit. And, like, would go and, um, you know, like, just wrap it up real just quick. Wrap it up, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, I, I, th- those are always really disappointing to me, like the coda endings. I mean, I suppose their theory of it is that because it's, it, it's like, I read about this, the serial killer after I watched the movie. I didn't know anything about him. Um, it's pretty accurate into how, like, they caught him mm-hmm. and, like, what happened, how they set him up. And even to that point of, like, using the the prop to, like, get him to, like, to trigger him. Um. But yeah, I mean it's a it's a fine movie. Okay, like so uh, final final determination is legitimately worth watching. I think. Okay, I mean not like a classic or anything, but um, I like serial killer movies that take right. the subject matter seriously, where it's not like Dexter or something like that. And like this is a pretty decent one. It's yeah. worth it's it, it's free on Prime. I think. Yeah, I'm, I, like, I'm not gonna. I don't know if I'm gonna pay for any Nicolas Cage movies. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say that. Right. I mean, you gotta we gotta get desperate on this if you're gonna start paying for them. Right. It'll have to be. It'll be something like National Treasure at some point or whatever. Have you seen National Treasure? Yeah, but it's yeah. been a really long time. Yeah. I haven't seen the second one, just the first one. Right, same here. I think I've seen like parts of the second one on HBO or some shit. Saw probably. the trailer ad nauseum for Steve Zahn. Is that right? Maybe I don't. He know. was that was a he was a thing right at one point. Yeah, like, as a sidekick and a lot of yeah. He was also was that also him in the um that movie that we liked that um yeah sahara yeah yeah i <laughs> see that's weird that you like just know exactly what i'm talking it's about it's the only steve zahn movie i ever think about that's why <laughs> as soon as you said steve zahn i was like right i like him in sahara <laughs> right <clears throat> no sahara is a surprisingly like well done yeah because we i think we went into it thinking it probably wasn't going to be very good and then like it was actually surprisingly yeah. decent like yeah, and, then nobody, fun, and then nobody liked it it's a fun like alan quartermain slash i don't know romancing the stone-esque like yeah. you know right yeah action adventure movie yeah <clears throat> i like we, stuff in the desert anyway how do we not so. talk about those movies ever hmm. interesting what's that romancing the stone yeah i guess we just don't do things that would maybe fit in that genre very often yeah like that action adventure kind of genre maybe that's something worth looking into at some point now that i think about it what is first Romancing the Stone is before Jewel of the Nile, right? Yes. I okay. think Jewel of the Nile second. Yeah. Yeah, those are good movies. Yeah. They're, I mean, I've watched one of them in the past five, two or three years, I think. Maybe it's last year, actually. I watched one of them, and there's some cheesy stuff in it because it's the 80s, but it, it still was fun. Right. I think it's been... I can't remember. I, I've seen Romancing the Stone since I've been an adult, Yeah. but like, I can't remember how so, long it's been. So, um, do you know what's up uh, next week on Quick Cage? Like, what movie you're covering? Yeah, we're next? gonna do um next next. next week. Okay, which is the movie I thought I was watching when I started to watch Knowing. <laughs> oh, how how this is non spoiler? Like, how similar are the plots to those? Like, in they're in, not. They're not okay. They're just about like somebody that has like some kind of precognitive ability. Although, in which knowing, makes sense because knowing you would think right. Is that's about why. It. That's right. why I thought. Right. Yeah. I was wrong. Yeah, but they came out similar, like roughly the same, a couple <sighs> years of each other. What was knowing like oh nine? Oh nine. I think next is somewhere in that area, like eleven or something like maybe. Maybe. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. I, it's so hard because he makes so many movies. I'm uh, I'm only moderately disappointed that like this movie was okay, um, because, but also non spoilery. How ridiculous is next? Oh, it's in, intensely ridiculous. Okay, I'm, I'm okay. I'm excited now. The most okay. I don't want to spoil anything. Right, yeah, but I'm, like it's uh-huh. it's got one of the most implausible plot points I've ever seen in a movie. That's a good hook. Yeah, I like it. Okay, all right. So we'll end there then um, on, on on that. So next week, another ridiculous Nicolas Cage movie coming. Excited. All right. Thanks for listening. Yep. Good night.